Welcome to the Fast Break Podcast on the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Network, featuring your Fast Break host and publisher, Tom Brew. He'll have weekly guests around the league, from Fan Nation reporters to players, coaches, and media alike, bringing you the best NBA coverage. And now, let's get to the show. Hello, everybody. Tom Brew with Fast Break on Fan Nation. Happy to be here as we uh, get ready to dive into the NBA Finals. It's the uh, fourth and final round of what has been a just a tremendous 2023 NBA playoff season, and we're we're down to two now. The Denver Nuggets, the number one seed in the West, and the amazing Miami Heat, the number eight seed in the East, who just keep surviving and advancing and just doing incredible things, both good and weird. And uh, and here we are in the finals now, the Nuggets and the Heat. And uh, happy to uh, bring in our uh, fast break on Fan Nation senior writer, Ben Steiner, to break it all down with us. Ben, how are you this morning? Tom, doing well. You hit the nail on the head. It's been a fun, fun playoffs. And I think for Hoops fans, for just true basketball fans, this Jimmy Butler versus Jokic matchup is going to be fun. I mean, everyone was hoping for Lakers-Celtics. I know that's good for the brand. I know I know we would have liked it over at fast breaks from Lakers and Celtics. But, but Tom, this might end up being a very viewed finals because I think that Jimmy-Jokic battle, like some true basketball fans are going to really love this. Absolutely. I think when uh, whenever you're in a situation where you've got, you know, superstars who carry teams uh, and who show up big, I mean, that's – that is the ultimate storyline in this finals. I mean, Jimmy Butler has been Mr. Playoff since the day it started this year, uh, just doing incredible things. And Jokic, of course, a, you know, a, a two-time MVP, finally on a big national stage with everyone watching. I thought especially in that Lakers series, he's like, all right, you doubt me? Let me show you. And he did. And uh, so here we are in the finals. So let's start with, let's start first there with the Nuggets. Let's, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they were, uh, the number one seed in the West played really great all year long. Uh, very, very good team, but now they've proven it in the playoffs as well too. That that number one seed has been very, very deserving. So, so through these first three rounds, these first six weeks of the playoffs, what is it about the Nuggets that has impressed you the most on this run so far? Yeah, Tom, I think that's a great question. I think I think what's impressed me is I think a lot of us knew what Jokic could do. Maybe they weren't so nationally broadcast, but we knew what Jokic could do. I think the most impressive thing is the Aaron Nordens of the world, the, the you know, the KCPs of the world, the the Michael Porter Juniors. I know, I know you're a big college basketball guy. I mean, we all knew he was coming out of high school, had de- dealt with the injuries, but Man, those role players have stepped up, Tom, and it's been fun to watch. I think Aaron Gordon, I mean, my gosh, he was guarding LeBron. He's He's been guarding. Everybody's a star player, and it's going to be fun to see Gordon go up against Jimmy Butler. I mean, that's going to be a good matchup. So I think it's the role players on the Nuggets that have really, really impressed. And then, of course, you can't forget Michael Malone. He's, he's, he's been an underrated coach. Uh, the Nuggets, hey, hey, think about this, Tom. A lot of teams in the NBA keep firing coaches who are good coaches. The Nuggets saw it through with Michael Malone. They could have fired him at any point over the last seven years. They, 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 you know, he had his failures in the playoffs, but they just said, we're going to see this through. And I think, I think the coaching staff's done well. Absolutely, I agree. I think uh, Malone has, has hit all the right buttons, and that's kind of leads me perfectly into like to my point about what's impressed me the most about the Nuggets is their ability to close out games. They've been in a lot of close games uh, through this stretch in the playoffs, you know, from rounds one through three, and they have been a very good fourth quarter team. Uh, obviously, I think they're I think they are underrated defensively. I think they've they've really shown that they can make stops when they have to, especially down the stretch in games. And of course, Jokic, I think, has just been amazing. Everything kind of going through him. 
but you know, uh, but but Murray's been incredible too. I mean, they have they have this one-two punch and superstar punch for sure. Uh, but you know, their ability to close out games, especially I thought, you know, in that Lakers series, you know, when they they were in close games in the fourth, when you're going up against LeBron, going against AD and stuff, where it would be easy, uh, you know, to come up short. They didn't do that. They played great down the stretch and. I thought, especially in Game Four, just closing that thing out on, on the Lakers' home floor and sending them home in a sweep, I thought was huge. And uh, you know, so they've they've been real impressive to me, just on how they've handled things down the stretch. For sure, for sure, and and I think that's a great point about the defense because you know a lot of West Coast teams, the Nuggets, they kind of there was always that cliche like you know ten years ago, five years ago, it's like they they just run up the points out out west. You know, they run up the points, they don't play defense. They you know they're that was a very Western Conference thing, you know what I mean? And they have just locked down on defense, and that was a great point, Tom, I think. And that's what I'm saying about Eric Gordon. I mean, Eric Gordon was on the Orlando Magic, another team that really doesn't get a lot of attention. Um, he helped them make the playoffs, I think, twice. Um, I know once, but maybe twice. And, and he's an underrated guy who does not care about scoring. He's one of these guys who's okay making the big bucks, uh, being a top-five pick, and saying, you know what, my job is defense – and my job is passing, and my job is rebounding. He's kind of like Draymond Green-esque, if you really think about it, the way he conducts himself. Yeah, Draymond without all the drama. <laughs> you know, it's uh, uh, he just goes out and does his job, which is good. And I think, you know, obviously we're going to – we're talking about the Heat next, but I think good transition is sort of, like you mentioned, the, the Aaron Gordon versus Jimmy Butler uh, matchup, you know, when the Heat have the ball. I don't think it will be the reverse of that. But when the Heat have the ball, I think Gordon will be the primary defender most of the time. And to me, like he's the type of guy who's best suited to do that because we've seen for six weeks that when other teams try to guard Jimmy Butler with guards, he just backs him down and hits those little fadeaways, and they can't do anything about it. Well, Aaron Gordon's a big body. He can he can get up in him. He's quick enough to move his feet so that Jimmy just doesn't blow by him. But I think he'll do a better job of contesting those little middies and uh, you know and making it tough on Jimmy. And I think. We've seen the Heat, like during this three-game losing streak to the Celtics before they closed them out in Game 7, we saw what the Celtics did against them. They really tried to get the ball out of his hands and really tried to aggressively contest every shot. And in those three games the Heat lost, Jimmy didn't really do a whole lot. You know, it's like, where's playoff Jimmy, you know, through all this? And obviously, he showed up in Game 7, and that's that, and here we are. But I think Aaron Gordon is the type of guy who can give Jimmy some fits. You read my mind, Tom. Um, you totally read my mind. Uh, Aaron Gordon is – I was like, literally was picturing that as you said it, um, right, right as you were about to say is Jimmy Butler, I love – he's one of my favorite players. I know you're a Bulls guy, Tom. You like him too. But, man, Jimmy Butler can't shoot. He cannot shoot really well from deep, okay? And so he's not going to be able to do his little back down, nudge, mid-range as well. Maybe he can still do it, but as well against Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is that perfect – you know, he's a sizable 6'8", 6'9". I mean, I, I don't know what he weighs, but he's a big dude. And that, that would be a great matchup to watch. I mean, that's going to be a fun matchup because Butler's not a good shooter. You know, it's kind of like when Russell Westbrook was his prime. Westbrook was really good, but he couldn't shoot. And so in yeah. a similar range of, like, Butler can't – you can't rely – you're not going to win games relying on Butler for three-point shooter. Yep, absolutely. I agree. So, all right. So let's let's kind of look more into the Heat now. Obviously, this has been a great run. You know, number eight. They had to. They had to. You know, they lost the first playing game, and then they had to win the second one just to get in. You know, they they've beaten the number one seeded Bucks. They've beaten the number two seeded Celtics. They beat the Knicks. You know, they they have made this great run. 
and it's no fluke. I mean, they've, they've been beating very good teams, you know, and they had to they had to do it, you know, without Tyler Hero. They had to do it without Victor Oladipo. They were shorthanded, you know, and they still found a way. And all these, you know, the, obviously this last storyline the last few weeks about all these undrafted free agents on the Heat, all these guys that nobody's ever heard of stepping up playing Caleb Martin, you know, and you know, becoming an NBA playoff superstar and things like that, you know. Can the can the role players do this for two more weeks for the Heat? You know, Tom, I, I think they can. Um, Eric Spolstra was tired of hearing that. You know, after I, I mean, I was tweeting about it. You know, as well. I'm I'm very into that story about the undrafted players, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra. They know how to find talent. But after one of the games, I think it was Game Three, Game Four, something in the middle of the series, he was like, Let, "Let's enough. Let's move on from that narrative because." A guy like Caleb Martin has been with this team. He's a veteran. I think he even used the word season veteran because he's been with them for three, four years now. So I think that that's, I think going off what Spolstra is saying is they have the belief that these guys aren't just, oh, we're lucky they're playing well. No, no, this is what they're supposed to be doing. And I think that's kind of the heat culture there is. I think that might be what makes a Max Struess do well coming from a DePaul, you know, a Gabe Vincent coming out undrafted. It's, it's, it's they're expected to produce. It's not like, you know, good job. You know, you did well and you're undrafted. I think they're like, no, no, you're, you're, you're supposed to do this. Look at Duncan Robinson, your big 10 guy in Michigan, Duncan Robinson. Yep. He's got a $90 million contract now, Tom. Undrafted. Uh, you know. sure. So I think these guys are going to come locked and loaded. Yep, I agree. And he, uh, Duncan Robinson, heck, he started at a D3 school. You know, it's, he was coming out of high school. Nobody wanted him. He was a zero-star recruit coming out of out of high school and, you know, played at D3 level and then went to Michigan and made a bunch of threes, and now he's made himself a ton of money. But, uh, you know, that's certainly – they've had that. Now, obviously, we know Victor Oladipo out for the whole series. He's done and probably done for start of next year too. But there's talk about Tyler Hero being ready to maybe play in the finals. What's the latest on that? And, uh, you know, are we going to see Tyler Hero? And if so, how much can he help them? Chris Haynes reported, uh, I think it was right after the Heat advanced to the finals, Chris Haynes of uh, TNT reported that Tyler Hero is going to play for game three. I believe I'm, I'm accurately uh, quoting him here. I, th- I believe he said game three is the target date uh, from Chris Haynes. But, look, Tom, I'm actually worried about this. I am actually – I'm a big Tyler Hero fan, but I'm a little worried because it's it's a major cog in your offense. I mean, a guy who averages 20 points a game and you're just going to throw him back in there. You know you know, you know, know how that can get sometimes in a playoff series or let's say it was like March Madness and you're throwing a guy back in there. It's it's a weird thing where it's sometimes you play better when you've kind of been without the guy. So it's that'll be something to very much monitor. You know, are they going to bring him off the bench? Are they going to put him back in the starting lineup? Uh, he's a guy who takes shots. I mean, Tyler Hero is going to take shots if he's on the floor. And so does that mess up the rhythm of Duncan Robinson? Does that mess up the rhythm of Max Struess? Uh, I don't know. So I like Tyler Hero, but it's going to be interesting to watch, you know, have this play out. Yeah, I think from a health standpoint, it sounds good. Uh, if I had to guess, I mean, that's the joy of how the Miami Heat do things. I mean, Pat Riley's obviously been around, you know, the NBA now for 50 years. You know, and he knows what it takes to, to win games in the finals. What I would think, I would imagine, if when if and when Tyler Hero is ready to go, that he comes off the bench and everybody knows he's just going to play, you know, that four or five little minute window with the, you know, with the backup guys and Jimmy or maybe Jimmy and Bam and a couple backup guys where it's just going to come in for four or five minutes, do his thing, you know, and then, and get his legs underneath him. And then you take it, you play it by ear and see how it goes. And uh, maybe his minutes increase as it goes along, but uh, certainly they've done very well uh, without him, but still he's a good player. I mean, in, in the NBA finals, you want as many good players on your roster as you can have. 
For sure, for sure. You, Tom, you could have said it best. I think that would be the best scenario, too, is you let them play, and I'm sure the Heat, you know, they're one of the smartest organizations in sports. I think they know what they're doing here. So that's a good point. That's a good point. I think I think it'd be nice. It'd be definitely a big boost for that second unit, especially when the Heat aren't hitting shots. I mean, as we just talked about, Jimmy Butler can't shoot very well. And so when they go cold, they go cold. And so having a guy like Hero can't hurt, like you said, if you have the most best players, uh, that can typically win you finals in the NBA. But we'll see. It'll be a very interesting chemistry thing to see. But like you said, you add, maybe, maybe, then you have extra shooters too. So it's going to be, I'm excited to see how it plays out with Tyler Hero. Absolutely. All right. So last heat question for you. How do they deal with Jokic? How, you know, how, what's the defensive game plan against him? And, and then everybody who's surrounding him, what's the, what, what's the plan going in? The answer is just yes. I don't even know. How do you stop a guy like Jokic right now? Uh, I mean, this guy is unbelievable the way he's been playing. I mean, I mean, you can't, it's, it's so funny to watch because he, he appears as if he's slow or if he's a, he's super athletic. He's super smart. He's everything you want in a basketball player. He's like LeBron-esque in the way of can score, can shoot, can pass, can defend. I mean, I don't know. I mean, a ba- the, the, the one thing that's going to be really fun to watch is Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo has been given this crown for a while now as, hey, this dude might be the best defensive center in the league. Okay. So now we're going to see the best offensive center go up against maybe the best defensive center. So that's another, like we said, with Jimmy Butler, Aaron Gordon. I think this, this Jokic... Um, a Bam Adebayo matchup is going to be really, really intense. And then you go, you add in Spolstra's game planning. Oh, it, it, it's going to be a, it's going to be one of those just war battles. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be like you know, you pull this move, I pull that move. You know, do we double team them, etc. So uh, that's a great question. And it, it's, I mean, I mean, you see, I mean, it, he's doing everything. He's doing everything on the floor right now. There's no answer for this guy right now. Absolutely. And the thing I like uh, so much about uh, Jokic's game is that when he catches the ball out on the perimeter, he is athletic enough with two or three dribbles to get the ball down to where he wants it, you know, and then everything spins from there. And the Nuggets have been really, really good about penetrating, getting in the lane, and then kicking the ball straight back out to open shooters, whether it's in the corners or on the top. He's just so good at all that. And, you know, I think, obviously, I agree. I mean, it's, you know, he's an MVP for a reason. So, I mean, it's obviously important that you – you stop him in some way or at least slow him down a little bit. Uh, you know, but I think that's the challenge. And I obviously it's, you know, it's, it's silly for me to even say this, but I think one of the keys to it is just bam, just has to stay out of foul trouble. Like he can't pick up too early fouls. He just can't. Yeah. He really needs, whenever Jokic is on the floor, I think he needs to be on the floor too. Cause it's like, as much as I love Cody Zeller, our old Indiana buddy, you know, he's, Cody's in, you know, 10 years in his league now. He doesn't have the quickness to be running around on the on the you know, three-point line trying to guard Jokic and, and fight through all those screens and all that. So it's really going to be imperative, you know, that Bam stays out of foul trouble and and kind of creates you know, havoc, you know. And it's, it's it's like I do think, you know, like, like the Lakers tried different things. They, they just tried to let, you know, single cover him and try to cover all the shooters and see how that works, you know. And for little stretches it kind of did, but then for big stretches it didn't. And I think – you know, I, I like all those other pieces like we talked about on the Nuggets enough that if you try to double Jokic a lot, you're going to get burned somehow. Yeah, and uh, so it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. But I think especially uh, the how it sets up the schedule for the first two games I think is important when it comes to game planning because you have game one Thursday night, ABC, shameless plug, and then you don't play game two until Sunday. So there's an extra day to get the cooks in the kitchen and start stirring the pot and coming up with new things. I think, we, you know, if 
if you try things for game one that doesn't that don't work, I think you have time come game two to make adjustments and be ready for it and see how that goes. Do you, th- you think that kind of does make a difference? I think it does. I think that's a great point, Tom. It's like we were just saying is, is Eric Spolstra is one of the best, you know, in-game series coaches. So it's going to be really exciting to see what he draws up, um, you know, after you see game one. Maybe this works. Maybe the Heat comes steal game one. Maybe they get rocked and blown out, and he's like, all right, here's what we're going to do next. You know, it's, so it's going to be fun to see the, the, the way they play the, the, you know, the mathematician of it. Do we do this? Do we do this? Do we do this? And I think, I think Spolster is the perfect coach for that against Jokic. Like that, that's going to be the re- – that might be the most underrated thing in the series is Spolstra, Jokic. Yep, absolutely. All right, so – there's only one question left to ask. Who wins this series, Ben? It's Jimmy's year. Jimmy Butler. Miami Heat are going to win the NBA championship. Is it going seven? That one I can't answer you, but I think it's going to go six or seven. I think it's going to go six or seven, but I don't care how it's done. In a sweep, five, six, seven, I got Miami. Yeah, you know, I uh, I love Jimmy Butler. always have, you know, all the way back to his bold days. I think, I think he's been one of the more underappreciated NBA players for a long time. And this run has just been amazing, and I agree with that. But I'm that it's kind of weird to say that you know a team that's the number one seed in the West and has been one of the best regular season teams in the West now for two or three years uh, is an underdog. But the Denver Nuggets have never won an NBA championship. They've never even played in the finals. And Denver, such a great sports city. I know it's a Broncos town first and everything, but Denver loves their Nuggets. Playing in Denver, in that altitude, four games there. They haven't lost at home yet all year. Jokic, an MVP two times, who didn't win this year and wants to prove to everybody that they were wrong. You know, that he's the the MVP in this league and the best player in this league. Like, to me, I think it's the Nuggets. I'm taking the Nuggets, and uh, I think, surprisingly, it's going to be easy. I'm taking Nuggets in five. Can you go with me on that? Bold, bold, Tom, bold. Yep, Nuggets in five. I see see your points beautifully. I would not be surprised if that happened, but my gut just tells me Jokic has never been there. Uh, Jimmy Butler's been here now. He's been here. He's been to. He knows what it's like to lose in the finals. You know what I mean? It's, I think this is one of the. And I think Jokic's time is coming. I think that it's Jimmy gets his championship this year. Jokic feels that brutal pain of losing in the finals, and then gets one in the next two or three years. Yeah, that could be. It's uh, and I I love this matchup. Like a lot of people, you were saying earlier, it's like, hey, we're hoping for Lakers Celtics. I was never hoping for the Lakers. Um, you know, and the Celtics, I you know. I like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown a lot. I like that team a lot. Obviously, I've got a bunch of connections here with Brad Stevens and such. And I and I I hated Game Seven for Tatum getting hurt on the first play. I mean, it's yeah. I was sorry to see that go, but I like this Miami Heat team a lot. We like Shandell Richardson, who covers the Heat for us. You know, for SI Fan Nation, we're glad to have them in, involved in the mix still. And I think it's going to be a great, entertaining series. And you know, this is like we talked about at the beginning, man. It's been six weeks of pure fun, and I think these finals are going to be great too. All right, Ben. Well, thanks for being a part of the Fast Break podcast today, and enjoy the finals. Uh, I think we'll uh, we're going to jump in again next Monday. We'll have, after we got two games in, we'll uh, we'll jump back on and set up the you know set up game three and four back in Miami, and uh, we'll talk to you then. But enjoy the finals, bud.